Hi, I'm Raelle Bell. And I'm Liz Ware. And you're listening to That's Brilliant, a podcast by the American Lighting Association. So the theme of today's episode is that learning is a lifelong process. And especially in a rapidly advancing field like lighting, even if you knew everything yesterday, you don't know everything today because there's going to be something new. Absolutely. I'm constantly finding that out personally in my own life and in <laughs> professional life. But it's an exciting time for ALA. Just on a, another note, we are launching a lot of new programs. We welcomed our new president and CEO, Larry Locke, last year, and he's mm-hmm. done a lot to revamp the association. Something that's coming along with that is our brand new residential lighting training manual. And yay! Yay! <laughs> And that's what we're talking about today. We have Joe Rayborough, who has been working with ALA since 1995 as an educational consultant. And he is also an associate professor with tenure at the College of Design at the University of Kentucky. So he brings a lot of really interesting knowledge and just exciting lighting design ideas. And he's helped with our training manual, I believe, since possibly 95 or around that time when we first started putting the manual out. He's a teacher and he's also an architect who also does lighting designs for clients too. So he's got his foot in both worlds. He knows the issues and problems of doing a lighting design, working with a client, all that sort of thing. Yes, that old kind of, I don't believe it, but the if those who can't do teach, that's not true at all for Joe. And I think for most teachers as well. But He, he does and he teaches, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we're excited to talk with him today about what's gone into rewriting this manual, what people can expect, and also jump into our training courses that he helps us to put on for our members. So we're excited to see what he has to say. Hi, Joe. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Raul. Thank you. Great to be here with you. We are glad to have you. As you mentioned, we did try to have you as a guest maybe a year or two ago, but we were recording from a noisy space and that episode didn't work out. So I'm really glad that we are able to have you back for another try at this. (laughs) Yeah, great to be here. But you said something when we were setting up the microphones. You first taught this course 29 years ago. That is a long time to be... In ALA lighting education. Yeah, I uh, started working with ALA in 1995 when ALA had just gone through a major reorganization and Dick Upton came on as executive director or president. And we initiated all kinds of new training ideas and uh, I developed a whole brochure of different courses. And then back then we used to have, certainly the core was the residential lighting training course. That's a three and a half day course that we've done live and now we're doing it primarily online. And then we also have what we called uh, area seminars where I would travel all over North America. Those were great days. I think I had 42 states doing ALA classes throughout the last 29 years. Yeah, Zoom sure has saved a lot of companies money on expense accounts for travel, that's for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because now you can Zoom this course and still participate and interact and not have to get a hotel and a plane ticket and all that sort of thing. But let's back up. I'm sure the course has changed over the 30 years since you first taught it. But what is it now? What does it cover What's the little you know elevator speech about this course? Sure. It's a very comprehensive course. The manual is quite large. <laughs> it was 
even larger. We've gone through a couple of editing processes, one about six years ago where we streamlined it. It was a little bulky and sometimes overwhelming, I think, for people when they receive the manual. We've now done another editing process, which is in, in the works and almost done, but about two years ago, we did that process, and it's now a really comprehensive. There are seven modules that cover everything from an introduction to light, color and light, a decorative section on decorative materials, a section on electricity, lighting controls, and then application units. So there are seven modules, and then there are subunits for a total of 35, actually separate. We'll call them chapters or units. Mm-hmm. But it's very comprehensive, and it really gives anyone that has not had any prior experience with lighting or even people that have had some sales experience of maybe having gotten into all the more technical sides of lighting. It's a phenomenal introduction to lighting, and one of the things that was changed is that the original manual that I started with 29 years ago had quite a large section on selling. <laughs> But we've taken that out because, as you know, has now developed a whole separate kind of sales module that is a series of webinars, and I think there are other resources that are there also. So this is more about the technical sides of lighting, the processes about which lighting affects people, the products and the ideas that go into making a great space. I think when I first started with ALA, I was looking through some of our old marketing materials and One of them was for a manual rewrite that we had done some 10, 15 years ago. And it said, we wrote the book. And that kind of spoke to me and explained what the training manual is. It is the book on residential lighting. It provides really everything that you would need to know from a residential lighting standpoint if you're selling lighting, but not just in a sales environment for a showroom, because I know a lot of our manufacturers and our sales representatives, they take this course as well. Yeah. And it's really been interesting over the years. We began with mostly more residential lighting showroom sales folks taking the course. (laughs) But now we have anything in a single class. I might have sales representatives who are representing manufacturers. We might have folks working in manufacturers. And then we have a whole interesting new group of people that we call integrators that are those professionals that historically did primarily high-end audio-video equipment. But that moved into lighting in an interesting way because they get on projects very early on in the design process. And so they realize that they could also maybe make some suggestions on the lighting part of the equation. They're a little bit more even technical oriented than most of our members typically are. So it's an interesting mixture when we have them in the class. Yeah. And so I know at part of this rewrite, you guys have updated the dimming and controls section, which feels like that ties into the integrator side when you're creating a whole home system, because a lot has changed in that over the years. And so what can people expect from those updates? Yeah, that's a big, that's one of the very big areas that we focused on. But let me also add another part, and I'll get back to the dimming and controls in a minute. One of the big objectives starting really about seven, eight years ago is that we just had to update everything related to LED lighting because LED lighting has obviously become the predominant way of providing light in not only homes, but all commercial projects. And historically, incandescent lighting was a major part of residential lighting. 
now not only is that not as common, but as you may know, the federal government has actually uh, abolished as a federal law incandescent lighting to be sold in the United States. So we had to go through, there was a, there were a lot of references to the, the, the manipulation of incandescent lighting, the use of incandescent lighting, how incandescent lighting was dimmed. That was one of the first steps seven or eight years ago is that we went through and took out as much as we could, not so much taking out, but integrating LED lighting as part of the discussion. <laughs> and that brought up an interesting point because now there was a section of the light sources and that includes information about fluorescent lighting and some a little bit about high intensity discharge lighting. And that's really not something that people are so much using anymore. And we thought, should we just take it out? And we thought, no, you don't take out U.S. history because something happened 25 years ago. It's still part of history. So we still have some sections. We've condensed them a little bit, but there's a section about bulb shapes, incandescent bulb shapes, which are still used by people, fluorescent bulb shapes, uh, all that kind of stuff. And then going back to your point, Ryan, about dimming and controls, that's just become a huge part of the, the industry. And it depends on the showroom. Some showrooms have dove very deeply into dimming and controls. Other showrooms have not gone in that direction, not because they need to or because they chose simply that in their market, they felt that they could do just with the traditional decorative lighting process. But the dimming part and the controls part is something that has allowed us to expand even what we do in the class. And that's where when we have integrators in the class, I usually like to have breakout groups where we talk about what everybody's doing in their own business and the integrators have brought a very interesting perspective to some of the showrooms of how they can develop more uh, interaction with dimming and controls. Has the technology advanced enough where a showroom that doesn't have a whole staff of integrators in its own shop can get a handle on a big project and include all that control and automation? Is it less complicated than it used to be? Is it a, a doable thing? That's a great question because, boy, that can go both ways. It's simplified to some extent, but there are so many variables out there, and there's so many different companies that you can use for these products that it gets a little bit overwhelming. What I have found is that, however, uh, even a small showroom, if you have a manager or an owner who really wants to focus on this, they can do it. And I know several smaller showrooms that have taken the lead from their ownership and their managers to say, we want to go after this. <laughs> that was even the case when I started with LA 30 years ago. There were some showrooms that didn't do any dimming at all, but there were many other smaller showrooms that I became acquainted with that just said, this is going to be part of our business. Now, that brings up a very good point that we talk about in the class is that some showrooms have actually merged with integrators. And I won't get into the specific ones that are named them, but there are some showrooms that have acknowledged that, hey, if we have a partnership, maybe not a, an ownership partnership, but just a business affiliation that they have integrators in their market, the integrators oftentimes don't want to do anything related to, for example, stocking decorative fixtures, but they may be specifying decorative fixtures. That can lead people to the showroom. The showroom, on the other hand, is selling the decorative fixtures and they can guide people or their customers to their integrator partners. So 
I see it all over the place, including some showrooms that don't really address this very much. Some showrooms that have gotten into it a little bit. Some showrooms that are more just on the dimming side. Some showrooms that are moving a little bit into the control side. And then a number of interesting partnerships where literally companies have merged. So there's one large showroom in the Northeast that merged with an integrator company and merged with a shading company. And they all, you know, now serve their own clients. And I, in those cases, I call the folks clients because you're really providing a design and consulting service much more than just selling. Sure. Absolutely. So back to some people might be coming into this conversation not really understanding a lot about the course or the manual. So earlier on in the conversation, you said we streamlined the manual and we have 35 units now. That still sounds like a lot. <laughs> so what else is included to help simplify and make it easier to digest? Yeah. So let me tell you from where we were, and I'm still stunned that we used to be able to do this. So in 29 years ago, when I started teaching this class, I would travel someplace and it was a three and a half day class with this enormous 500, 600 page manual. And some folks walked into that class without having received the manual in advance. And they had to take an exam on the fourth day. <laughs> and it was overwhelming. It was just something that it was astonishing that we could even get it done. But it was a lot of expenses because people had to take off of work. They had to, you know, miss being with their customers. And yet we did that for really up until COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. We were doing the class live. I used to do it all over North America. A lot of times we'd do it in Dallas at the lighting training center there, and we do it a lot in Chicago. So now the beauty of it is we've gone from 47 original units to now 35, which still sounds like a lot, but the mm -hmm. course is offered over two weeks rather than three and a half days. Hmm. So we do it on a Tuesday-Friday sequence on the first week and the second week. And so on the Tuesday, the class is from 10 to 12 Eastern time and then 2 to 4 Eastern time. So what that does is that, number one, if you've just received the manual, you're not going to be overwhelmed in three days with this stuff. You're going to have time to filter the material, read the material, better understand the material. There are also within each of the units review questions. So there are actually like simulated test questions that you have. And they're not exactly simulated to the final, but each unit or chapter will have maybe 25 to 30 questions. But doing it over that two day, I've found it just liberating because I now find that people can take their time. We do the first section, they take a break during the middle of the day, they can go back to their work, not have to miss work. Mm -hmm. And they come back online at two o'clock or whatever their local time is. We go through the next section and then I give them some guidance on kind of what they need to catch up on reading. So now that gives them three days on Friday, they come back. We have another two sessions in the morning and afternoon. And then after we finish the course in two weeks, then they have about two weeks to then take the exam. And the exam is 108 questions or multiple choice. And I'll be honest with you, we go in very great detail through everything that is on that exam. It's pretty comprehensive, but by the time that they get ready to take the exam, they're very well prepared. And I must say that our success rate is very close to 100%. Oh, wow. Uh, even if they don't get all the questions that they need to take, you have to get 80% correct. So out of 108, yeah. that's, you can miss like 23 questions. So that's a lot of questions to miss, and especially after you've just covered them. 
in great detail. People usually do very well in the class. Yeah, I think that even me, I, I fancy myself more like a self-study type of person, but I feel like for this, the benefit of having not only you there to provide your knowledge and go through the course, but also having other people in the industry, and they might not even be from the same area that you are, but having their knowledge seems like that would add so much to your learning. And really, instead of memorizing a manual, you're truly learning about all of the things in the manual. Yeah, and that's an interesting point that you bring up because one of the things that I do try to do during the two weeks now that we do it online is that I also give them a little bit of homework, not much, over a couple of days where they have to list some of the things that they're doing as a business to be successful. And so we not only talk about things that are in the manual, but I give the participants who are from Sometimes I'll have a class and it's from every corner, from the Northwest, Northeast, Southwest, uh, Southeast. It, it's people from all over North America and Canada. And we sometimes will have a little session where we'll have everybody kind of share what their success items are. I call them best practices. What are you doing in your showroom? What are you doing in your manufacturing area? The only thing missing when the live session is that it was a little bit interesting when you were able to break people up in person and you say, okay, you four go over here, you four go over here. It's a little bit more awkward to do it online, but nevertheless, we still are able to achieve that objective. When learning is a group, there have been times when I've learned more from the questions that somebody else thought to ask that I didn't even think to ask and opened up a whole new window into a whole new thing I wasn't even thinking about. Yeah, the fact that it's still interactive, that you still have class discussion is great. No, I'll tell you, I can only explain that from everything that I'm getting back for feedback from everybody is that the, the online experience. It's funny because I teach, I'm an architect and I teach in the College of Design at the University of Kentucky. And we used to say you can never teach a design studio online. That's impossible. We used to say that all the time. One day in March of 2020, we were told, hey, you've got mm -hmm. to leave the campus and you're now teaching online. And guess what? It actually worked well. It, there are things about that process of teaching online that I like better than teaching in person. There are some real benefits to this, not, all, not the least of which is, of course, the, the less cost of having to travel somewhere and be away from your work for almost a week. So we haven't really clarified. We're talking about two things. There is a manual and you can, you said, Rael, you can buy this manual and ALA will send it to you and you can study it. And let's say you think you already know everything in the manual and you just want to get the accreditation. You get the manual, you study it, you find all the chapters that have stuff in it that you didn't already know. You study them <laughs> and then you could just take the exam. You don't have to take the class. But alternatively, you can get the manual, study it some, then join one of these classes and get this kind of fuller, more robust conversation about all these ideas and maybe varied permutations of these ideas and then take the exam. So there are two ways to approach it. Yes, and quite definitely, we have had people who have not ever taken the actual class. They have just read the manual. Mm-hmm. And I've attempted to to then take the exam, and, and they have been successful. And I can't say one way or the other what's better, because for everyone, there's a slightly different best way to learn. But all I can say is that all the feedback that we've received for a long time now doing it online is that it's very convenient. 
It clarifies issues. I'm always saying, don't hesitate to ask questions. And I get questions throughout the whole class. That's one thing. If you're doing it on your own, you don't have that immediate feedback that you might get otherwise. Yeah. Another thing about just the manual, I, I could imagine it being a very useful resource in various settings, is the glossary of terms. Is that at the back of the manual that yes. you can review that? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, that glossary is great. Guys, actually, I'll talk about that early in the class, what is technically called nomenclature, which mm -hmm. is all that uh, strange stuff that every discipline, all those weird terms that every discipline has. And I make a big point. In fact, I have a couple of slides that say professionals know the terminology of their industry and you know what someone is a professional when you hear them talk. And sometimes you're not quite clear what they're saying, but you understand that they're professionals because they know this terminology. And oh my gosh, if you look at that glossary, it's 15 pages long. <laughs> just terms that are unique to lighting, yeah. unique to electricity, unique to dimming and controls, unique to lighting design. And part of that, what I also emphasize to people is that the best way to sell is through education. I was born to be a teacher. I have 15 teachers in my immediate family, including my <laughs> two daughters, but I love to teach. And when I do my lighting design, and I've done a lot of lighting design as a designer myself, what I get a very big reward from that is when people say, my goodness, I had no idea there was so much to learn about lighting. Because a lot of people expect it to be, okay, you got a dining room chandelier and a few recessed fixtures here, but when you start really thinking about how to do it correctly and how to do it properly that enhances the quality of the environment, there is so much to teach and so much for the customer or client to learn. So what I view this course to be is that that the good housekeeping seal of approval, in this case, the American Lighting Association seal of approval to say this person has gone through some training that allows them to talk intelligently and professionally and to give you the advice and information that you need to make good decisions. So yeah. for me, many times the selling is a byproduct of the education. And mm -hmm. what I've found in my own work is that if you teach somebody and you do a great job, you're not ever having to sell them. They're already sold and they'll actually become lifetime customers. They'll keep coming back because they say, oh, that's the place where I need to go to get the right answers. Mm -hmm. And I'll add that on our showroom locator now on our website, if you have an LS or a CLC at your showroom and to be a CLC, you have to first be an LS anyways, but <laughs> you'll show up first on our locator. So if somebody's searching their zip code and they have five showrooms within a 25, 50 mile radius. The ones that have LS do populate first on our listing. Oh, interesting. Okay. I did not know that. Very good. Yeah. It's a new update that we're doing to encourage education and training and also just to make sure that we are supporting the educated people in our industry. And there are a lot of them and we love to see it. On the glossary, I wanted to ask, were there any terms that were added in this update? I know you said that was updated. I don't know if it was just things were adjusted or were there any terms that were added that weren't in there previously? I was curious. In the area of LED lighting, for example, it's a very interesting scientific technology. The idea of when you say a light emitting diode, what is that? What is a diode? We explain what a diode is. And solid state lighting, what does that mean? And what are categories of solid state lighting? So 
I'm not bringing any immediately other to mind right now, but it was also extracting some terms that sometimes we've used in the past related to some of the older lamp technologies. We did a little bit of editing on things that maybe are not as commonly used anymore, don't need to be used as much. But the glossary is still very much also a historic document in that all these things that we've used in the past are also still things that people need to know about as a general knowledge for being a true lighting professional. And some of them are still in use. That's the thing. And just because incandescents are no longer a big part of lighting design, there's a list of exceptions to that mile long. It's pages and pages long of all the things that you can still get that are still incandescent. So it's still something that exists. It's something you need to know a little bit about. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is that I, I tell uh, folks in these classes that, and I do it personally, so I'm not just saying this to say it. I, I do this personally because, again, I am by heart an educator. I love to bring these terms to every conversation. I like to talk about lumens and candle power and efficacy, but I don't just say it to sound smart. And I will explain it. When now, now we're saying well, you can't use wattage anymore to evaluate the light output of a lamp because a, an LED a light bulb that might have 11 watts of energy consumption is giving you the light output of a 100-watt incandescent. You have to explain all of a sudden it's not the wattage that's important, it's the lumen output. We never used to talk about lumens with incandescent. It was all about the wattage. Mm -hmm. But anytime that you begin to explain even those little things to your customer and your client, the little light, literally a little light bulb goes on head <laughs> and they're saying, okay, that's great to know. I did not know that. So I think that the terminology is part of that process of really influencing your client to understand that you are the place where they're getting the good information that they need for their project. Yeah, no one at a big box store is talking you through lumens and Kelvin when you're trying to choose a light bulb. So that's nice to go to somebody who has all this knowledge and can talk about the whole environment in your home and how everything affects everything else and help you make some good decisions. Yeah. And it's interesting because in those kinds of places, I've thought they, they need to have somebody on a little stool just there. Because if you go to these places, the light bulb section is 100 feet long. And it's overwhelming. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's what the showroom does. It does help to bring to light all that complexity. If I had a nickel for every ALA staff member who came into the office one day with a story about spending 45 minutes in the light bulb aisle of a big box store explaining things to overwhelmed customers, that <laughs> would be very rich. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is overwhelming. And, and that's where, again... I think if a showroom, uh, they all understand this, but I think if they really focus on, we are educators who also sell, mm -hmm. then the sales are going to probably increase. And if, if the emphasis is on educating constantly, and that's the other thing that I have. In fact, I have a slide in the class that I say, and I heard this a saying that someone said at the thing, probably at some ALA conference, whatever I learned today is probably outdated tomorrow. And that's how fast LED has been changing. And it's interesting to me when I have these classes and we have open discussions, inevitably someone will say something and I'll say, I never heard of that. It might be a new company that's out there. It might be some new concept that they're working on. And so if, if you take the attitude that I know everything, 
you're not going to be as successful as you will be if you take the attitude that I need to constantly update myself and, and learn more every day. Just on that note, we have our lighting associate webinar courses, which is a lot simpler than the training manual, but that was updated last year. And someone who had been in the industry for 20 or 30 years took those courses and said, I learned something. I learned a lot of things that I actually didn't know. So you can be an expert, but like you said, there's always something new. And that's where we hope that these training materials that ALA offers provide some value to our members, whether they're just starting out or have been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. And one of the things about the manual too, is that I tell folks this in the class is that not everyone needs to be an expert on everything. For example, landscape lighting. There's some showrooms that are phenomenally successful with landscape lighting, and they may have one or two or three people who are the experts there. Even when you go to those showrooms and you say, I want to help with my landscape lighting, not everybody in the showroom might be the person to go to. So it's important also within the manual that to me, a, a true professional has a background in all of these subjects, just a general knowledge of these subjects. But to be a true expert in one single area may require a little bit deeper understanding of that area. So beyond the manual, what I always tell, if you are really interested in being more successful with landscape lighting, read the course manual and come to the class. But then there are ALA manufacturer members who have their own manufacturing class schedules where you can go to their facilities and learn much more about their individual aspects of that subject matter. Yeah. Some showrooms have a person or two that know dimming and controls and a person or two that are more architectural lighting versus more decorative lighting. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why the integrators have found a niche because that's a niche that some showrooms just don't want to get into because it's so complex. Uh, not that it's too complex for them to do it, but it just requires a very specific expertise that not mm -hmm. everyone needs to be able to develop in the showroom area. Sounds like the theme of the episode is to realize that learning is a lifelong process. And even if you've been in the industry for 20 years, there are probably things that are new that you haven't heard about yet. So we just want to remind everyone to keep being open to new ideas and new technologies. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us and for giving us all this insight into the manual and the course. We really appreciate your time. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Please let me know. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. So if you're working in lighting every day, You've got a lot of day-to-day. -day. You've got a lot of customers come in, paperwork needs to be done. I don't know, stock needs to be, whatever it is, all sorts of things that need to be done. And it might seem like taking the time to step back and learn something, taking yourself off the floor, taking yourself out of circulation for hours at a time to learn new things is taking you away from your work. But I think the question is, are you in or are you out? Do you want to be the expert that can guide a customer through all their questions because you know the landscape really well? Or do you want to keep doing the same thing you were doing 20 years ago, 15 years ago? There's a lot of new things to consider. There are a lot of new questions to be answered. And your customers look to you to be the expert who can 
give them a sense of confidence and ease that you know what you're doing, that you can help them make the best decisions for their home. And Joe said, you don't have to be the ultimate expert on every single topic, but what something like this manual does and this and becoming a lighting specialist does is it teaches you all of the things that go into it. So even if you're not the absolute expert on discussing color temperature, you have enough background to have a conversation with someone. And if there's something that they really want to dive into, you can at least sound educated on all of the areas that you are working in. And it's just a different approach. It's just, an, this, like Joe said, an educational approach. If some customer wants to do something you haven't done before, you're not the expert, but you've got a background, you know who to call, you know who to loop in to get them the right answers to make their project the best it can be. Definitely. So this new manual is coming out at the end of February and in the show notes, look for a link where you will be able to pre-order the manual and we'll have a discount associated with that. And I also wanted to say that our first virtual training course on this new manual is going to be in March. And I believe it starts March 12th and runs through the 22nd. It's just four days during that period with Joe. And he will walk you through everything in the manual that you need to know. So look for a link in the bio to register for that course and also to pre-order the manual. And if you're busy jogging right now and you can't see the show notes, just go to alamembers.com. You can remember that much. <laughs> or send us an email at podcast at alalighting.com and we will get the link over to you. Absolutely. We haven't said it in a while, but if you ever just want to email us and chat or ask a question or suggest a topic, do that we, as well. We would love to hear from you. Tell us what you liked about the episode. Tell us what you didn't like. Just talk to us, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and stay brilliant. <laughs>